Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Is it far T1? 45, Rob. Far T5? I'm told 45. Uh, I asked the staff, good afternoon. Will you take the orchestra down? I'll fade her out, sure. Uh, I asked the staff to, to discover has any NHL player ever scored the only goals for his team in three straight victories? I'm anxiously awaiting the. Uh, the results of the research. Reeves? Uh, both the newsman and myself mm-hmm. have looked, and we cannot find any such player doing that. So I think we have a first. Uh, how rare? Three games in a row. That's unbelievably rare. Three goals, two goals, one goal. I asked mm. Mr. Puck himself, Judd Zulgad. Uh, he said that there was something similar to what Zucker did back in the 30s. I think that's what he said. The 30s. Well, what, what, what would be similar? But but no, but I, did I'm not gonna, eclipse. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think this has ever happened. I don't think so either. The odds are astronomical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what he's done? He's got himself a hat trick in games. He has three. He's got a hat. He's got a game hat trick. Huh? Three straight games. Yeah. Where he's the oh, only score. Gore. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where the term? I think Jordy steered me to this offsite correspondent. Do you know where the phrase hat trick comes from? Um, well, I would imagine that people threw their hats on the ice after... But why? Why would they have done such a thing? Uh, I'm not sure why they would do that. All right. Let me think. As if to say... uh, The origins of the phrase don't have anything to do with hockey. In -hmm. fact, the first use of the term hat trick comes from a specific cricket match in 1858. Bowler... H. H. Stevenson playing for an all England squad versus a team from Hallam, South Yorkshire. Yes. Took three oh. consecutive wickets at Hyde Park cricket grounds in Sheffield, meaning he hit the three wooden stakes behind the batter three consecutive times. I don't know how that cricket works. A collection was held because of his outstanding feat, and he was presented with a new hat that was bought using the proceeds. Huh. Just when the phrase made the jump to hockey in other sports is a matter of debate. Online Etymology Dictionary says it's 1909, while other sources believe it didn't happen until the 1940s, and the exact source of the phrase being popularized is still hazy. One Montreal haberdasher called Henri claims they coined the phrase after they began rewarding all players who scored three goals during one game at the Montreal Forum with a free hat. Another claims from the Canadian... Another claim comes from the Canadian city of Guelph, whose 1947 Junior A team was sponsored by Biltmore Hats and dubbed the Guelph Biltmore Mad Hatters. As a marketing ploy to advertise its new style of fedora, the company would give away a brand new hat uh, to any player who got three goals in a single game. The Hockey Hall of Fame, however, recognizes a similar story as the true origin of the phrase for hockey. When Chicago Blackhawks winger 
Alex Coletta wandered into the Toronto haberdashery of owner Sammy Taft in January 1946 before a game with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Coletta fell in love with a swanky new gray fedora on sale with a gray silk band around the top. Coletta, however, had just returned playing professional hockey after serving in the Canadian military during World War II and did not have any money, so Taft cut him a deal. If Coletta could score three goals against the Maple Leafs at the game that night, he could come back to the shop and have the hat for free. Wow. Coletta went on to score four goals in the game, but Chicago ended up losing to the Leafs 6-5, to five, and he got a free hat out of the uh, on-ice feet. Taft would continue with the trick and award a free hat to any player who scored three goals in a single game at Maple Leaf Gardens, and the phrase eventually evolved into the three-goal celebratory label we know today. Huh. There you have it. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. And so as a result of knowing this... Uh, guys going to get a free hat. Fans in the stands, as a as a fun gesture, decided to throw their hats onto the rink. You are correct, sir. Got it. But here's Zucker. I'm awarding Zucker a three-game hat trick. Now, granted, he didn't score three goals in each game, but I got to think he's the only player in NHL history to have scored all the goals for his team during a three-game winning streak. I think that stat would be kept. And Somebody were, prove me wrong. Yeah, if it was, My staff can't do it. No, the staff, uh, I don't think it's been We done. attempted. We cannot. Yeah. It was funny when he got his hat trick the other night. He, uh, did, he got a hat trick uh, not Saturday night. He had one goal Saturday night. Yeah, whatever night it was yeah. last week. Uh, Stewart was out there with his helmet trying to uh, kind of egg him on as if, here, here's my hat. Go oh. ahead and take it. Oh. It was captured on television. It was rather funny. I see. Rather humorous. I guess you had to see it, huh? Apparently you missed that one. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> Better. Well, fact-based, I got an email from Jeff. Uh, it happened last year. Yeah, what happened, Jeff? No, what do we got? No, no. <laughs> uh, Friday, we were all smitten at O'Gara's with the belief that the eyeball is the only part of the human body that doesn't change size from birth until death. Yeah. And I went and found little kids and looked at their eyes, and I was astonished. But now we have an email from Jeff who says, the only part of the body that does not grow after birth is the innermost ear ossicle, uh, ossicle stapes. It looks like a stirrup, which is attached to the oval window of the cochlea. Its size is about three millimeters at birth and doesn't change in size as we grow. But thinning of the stapes has been seen with old age. Interestingly, Malformation of the stapes causes more than 60% of congenital middle ear defects. So he's taking a little step So it's step not right. the eyeball, apparently. It's the ear ossicle stapes. It looks like a stirrup. And apparently that doesn't change uh, in size. It doesn't do much for me, though. Yeah. You, you like know, the eyeball? Yeah, the eyeball thing is like something I can get I like my hands eyeball. around. Yeah. The inner ear, you know, cochlea, that's... It's not for you, You need it? it, but I just it's not very exciting. Right. Got a lot of material to get to, and I got a question for John Height. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you a preview of it. Mm. I was noting that a guitar uh, owned by Bob Dylan mm -hmm. sold at auction for four hundred grand, Oof. and I'm wondering how that affects the relationship of Dylan, for example, and in this case, uh, his guitar tech who bought it from him years ago for five hundred bucks. And I think uh, Height would be the man to ask that of. Okay. He, 
Am I making sense? Yeah. In other words, uh, I'm Bob, Bob Dylan, and my guitar guy says, I'll buy that from you for 500 bucks, and he takes the 500, and then years later, he gets 400 grand for it. I'm not suggesting Dylan needs the money. I'm wondering how that plays out as these guys like Eric Clapton and, and what have you, they see their guitars go on auction. How long ago did he buy it from Dylan for the said $500? Uh, I, don't, I didn't see that. It was a Martin guitar that Dylan played at two famous events in the 70s. He played with George Harrison's concert for Bangladesh and then also on a tour, uh, the Thunder, Rev the Rolling Thunder Review Tour in 75-76. The guitar in his case was sold by Larry Cragg, who was Dylan's guitar repairman. The original 1977 purchase receipt came with the guitar and shows that Cragg, C-R-A-G-G, -G, paid Dylan 500 bucks. So it was a while back, and I think... I'm just wondering about the... Uh, I'll, I'm going to ask Hyde about that. I've okay. always been curious about when things like that go on auction. I've yeah, always... And they're still, the guys are still around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Back to Zucker for a moment. Yep. Uh, John Height produced from his newsroom this tidbit. Uh, I think it was in, maybe it was in the Minneapolis paper yesterday. Zucker has scored all six of the Wilds' goals in the past three games, all of which were victories. According to Elias Sports Bureau, Zucker is the first NHL player to score six consecutive goals since Glenn Murray of Boston did it January 29 to Feb 1, 2004. One more would equal the league record of seven jointly held by Cy Denony of Ottawa, Feb 28 to March 7, 1921, and Brian Noonan of the Blackhawks, December 28, I'm sorry, December 27, 28, and 29, 1991. That still doesn't answer my question. I'm going to, until proven otherwise, I'm going to say that Zucker is the only NHL player in history to have scored all of his team's goals in three straight victories. Fact-based. Yes. <clears throat> they didn't beat Toronto. They lost to Toronto. Four to two. Oh. Yeah. That one's going to hurt. That kind of changes things, doesn't it, a little bit? <laughs> never, never mind. That, uh... He did score both goals, though. Yeah, I thought they beat Toronto. That's right. So, uh, well, never mind. I should have let you keep going for a while. Is that what I should have done, maybe? No, it's a good catch. Uh, several people were pointing it out. I'm completely, a... uh, I'm gobsmacked. I'm, I'm gobsmacked. That's why we couldn't find it. <clears throat> maybe that's why. Find you know what? Because a lot of research happen. didn't happen. <laughs> All right. Well, so, uh, never bikes, mind. yeah. Yeah, those never computers, mind. accuracy. Well, now now what's at stake for him, though? They host uh, Philadelphia tomorrow night. And if they win, and he scores all no, the goals. No, no, yep. forget that. If he forget gets a couple that. No, forget what's at stake for him now is if he scores tomorrow, would he have to score first? <laughs> well, in order for him to score all their goals, yes, Joe. He would have to score first. No, no. But to get the record of seven consecutive goals, he needs a goal tomorrow, and then he'll tie side Denony and Brian Noonan. Yeah. Okay. The guy from Caddyshack? Noonan? That's well. Noonan. 
at new men. Are you aware there was a stabbing at the Mall of America? I got the lowdown from uh, some of the uh, gals at my uh, at my home. Well, first of all, I was I didn't know. Uh, were they at Nordstrom's? I, I didn't know the stores were open on Sunday nights. What do you mean? I didn't know. They don't close it. It's not Field Schlick, man. They're not closing down at 6 o'clock. I, I didn't know it was, they were open on a Sunday night. Mm. Police have named the man accused of stabbing two people uh, at the mall during a botched theft attempt yesterday. Officials identify him, identified him as Mahad Abdiaziz Abdriahaman. 20. Abdriahaman sneaked into a men's fitting room at the mall and tried to swipe something from a customer's belongings while the man was outside the fitting room modeling clothes for his family. But he caught Abdraham, Abdraham, Abdraham-Aman in the act, and the would-be thief pulled a knife and stabbed him, authorities said. Hearing the victim's screams, his family rushed to his aid, but Abdraham-Aman slashed a second person before they could wrestle the knife from him and subdue him and hold him for the police. Uh, the scuffle and ensuing response by police freaked out nearby shoppers waiting in line for their kids to see Santa. That was a, kind of a rough night for Here, Santa. Yeah, huh? right. They'll be, uh, they'll be scarred for a while. Witnesses also reported seeing Abdria Hammond acting strangely before the attack. He is charged with two counts of first-degree assault. And I have another account of that. You just never know, do you? You could be at church. You could be at the mall. You just never know. What's that phrase you use? No, not the hour? Well, you just have to be aware of your surroundings, I guess. I, although. You're at the mall changing into a you know, new pair of jeans. I'm not suggesting this was terrorism. I, I'm merely saying you, you never know. Right. Uh, the victims do not have life-threatening injuries. Uh, the suspect is arrested. This was at 6.45 p.m. I'm sorry, it was not Nordstrom. It was at the fitting room of uh, Macy's. Oh, Macy's. Two men were trying on clothes and walked out of the fitting room to show others in their group. What do you think of this outfit? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> getting the effect. Yeah. It was getting the effect. Right. The suspect went into the fitting room and tried to steal their belongings. I, I think he figured, you know, I bet their wallets are in right. there. And the suspect was interrupt, interrupted by the men returning to the fitting room. He pulled a knife and stabbed them. Other shoppers who were with the victims got the knife away from the suspect and subdued him until police arrived. Uh, uh, Kim Schweiders of Grant, Minnesota, was at the mall with her three kids. They were just outside the Macy's entrance on the first level and went into Macy's as the commotion started. We saw two cops running towards Macy's, she said. By the time we got to the main area, the men's department is to the right. More police started running in with their... Uh, Guns drawn. My daughter could see people lying on the ground who had been stabbed. Jeez. Schweider said her daughter Schweider said her daughter saw two people on the ground. The police yelled at everyone in the store to clear the area and then lock down the main level. Uh, she also talked to a man who may have seen the suspect before the stabbing. He saw the man walking through uh, talking to himself, very loudly talking to himself, she said. He was really drawing attention to himself. Another woman tweeted, just lived through the scariest experience of my life. I heard someone screaming, he got me, he got me. I knew something was not right. Some other shoppers ran toward the screaming, and, and someone, who I believe was the victim's brother, yelled 911. I called the police and hid. Here's my answer. Most of the shops closed at 7 p.m. Sunday. Some restaurants stayed open until 9. 
I didn't think they were open to like 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday. I guess I haven't I haven't been there that late on a Sunday to know. That somehow interfered with Super Bowl press conference plans. Apparently there was to be a Super Bowl press conference at the mall. Okay. Uh, that has been switched to U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, I think uh, I think we still have a lot of time, whatever they're going to uh, present to us as far as information-wise. I so believe it's... it was a, a volunteer deal. Isn't that what it was, Joe? The Yeah, the, uh, the, the 10,000 volunteers, they've all gotten their uh, clothing now and uh, their marching orders. And Did uh, you volunteer at all? Do you I, have I any desire? Not. I did not. Okay. No. I think you get a free jacket or a pullover. Well, you got you get a big parka. Yeah. Because you're going to, you know, stand outside and freeze to death. Tell people where the Skyway is while you freeze to death, I guess. <laughs> yes. But you're part of the action. That's the key. The Vikings almost blew that game, didn't they? Well, yeah, that's a little strong, isn't it? A little bit. They I, let Washington back in it. They Let's did. Put it that way. It, they, they were dominating throughout most of that game. But yeah, that the, the first interception by Case was a, a little... That was, that was, Casey Case. That was bad. He played pretty well, though, yesterday. And mm-hmm. I, you're right, you're right him. That's the deal. Coach yeah, do Jim, we have a controversy? What do we got? No, some people want to see Teddy, but at, come on. At this point, he's earned the right to keep starting. Oh, I think so. What Seven are they and now? Two. Seven and two? Seven and Why two. are you going to mess? Why would you mess with that? Although Zim seems to be taking some uh, delight in playing a little cat and mouse game. Yeah. He, saying, you know, I have a plan. We'll just see if it works out. I don't know what his plan is. I'm checking the uh, Pro Pick'em Challenge um, just to see how things are going today. Yeah. Uh, Murph had a good week uh, with 12 points. Johnny Height, eight. Derek Wetmore, uh, David uh, Harrigan. Uh, Am I and, falling off the lead? Yeah, we're. Uh, you didn't. Uh, you and Reavers didn't fare well as well as Mackie, Roycey, mm-hmm. and Matthew Collar. That's all right. Uh, there may have been a forgotten pick. Is John? Uh, is John Height ready? Uh, he is. He is ready. Right. Johnny, yes, got a question for you. Yes, sir. You undoubtedly read that uh, a Dylan guitar was auctioned off for mm-hmm. four hundred grand. Yes, the anonymous buyer landed the instrument uh, during the Dallas-based Heritage Auctions offering Saturday. Uh, the Minnesota folk and rock legend played the 1963 Martin D28 acoustic guitar at George Harrison's concert for Bangladesh in 1971 and during Dylan Starr-studded Rolling Thunder Review tour in 1975 and 76. The guitar in his case were sold by Larry Craig, mm-hmm. who was Dylan's guitar repairman. The original 1977 purchase receipt came with the guitar and shows Craig... I think I'm pronouncing his name yep, right. Yep, Larry Craig. Yep. Played, uh, paid Dylan 500 bucks for the instrument. The question I have, you being a guitar collector and a, a music writer, how does that affect the relationship between Dylan and Craig? I, I don't think it would have any effect at really? all, actually. Craig's really well-known. Uh, he's guitar tech. He hasn't been Dylan's guitar tech for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but he, Neil Young, Santana, plus he has a shop in California that's world famous okay. uh, for his guitar repairs. And that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm sure Dylan, Dylan sold it to him in 77 and said, here you go. It's your guitar. I mean, that was 40 years ago, I don't think. Yeah. Dylan gives a hoot one way or the other, to be truthful. Because uh, I've always wondered, uh, you know, Eric Clapton or or Jimmy Page, they, 
they sell off one or they give one to someone, and the mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's being auctioned off. And I just always wondered how that affected people. I, I, think, I guess it probably doesn't. I huh? think this would be different yeah. because it was, like I said, 40 years ago. And Craig's had it. I know I had read about it before the auction. Uh, Craig's had it for 40 years, and all he said basically was, it's time for somebody else to, yeah. to own it. He, me and Bob, or Bob and I have owned it, and, and that's, you know, we loved it. But, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a, just a normal guitar, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Martin D28 is a really nice guitar, and yeah. a 63 would be, uh, yeah. It's, it'd be valuable even without Bob Dylan's name attached. Right. Not that valuable, obviously, but yeah, I don't I, so I would uh, Let me ask, is it an electric guitar? No, no, it's an acoustic. Acoustic guitar. In 2013, Indianapolis <clears throat> Colts owner Jim Ursay paid a million bucks for the Fender Stratocaster that Dylan played at the 1965 Newport Folk Festival. Yeah, that had historic value. Right, that's uh, when Dylan went electric. Yeah, and surprised everybody. Right. So that, Here's right. John Hyde in the newsroom. Wait, time out for a second. Huh. You say uh, in California this guy's got an award-winning or a very yeah. popular. Yep. Mm-hmm. What, I'm not trying to be funny, what is the difference between a guitar repair shop? What would make them a higher quality than... You know, Dave's repair shop. The quality of the work. I mean, there are certain guys who just do magic with guitars. Uh, I go to a guy in Anoka who's great, who's better than anybody I've had anywhere, Bismarck or here. Uh, and if you don't do that, what the quality of the strings? Uh, well, it's not straight. It's the neck and various things. You, you you have to get new frets on occasion. Frets have to be refinished. Um, and musicians to, always want it to be the same so it sounds sure. the same. Yeah, or yeah, and you always want it to be. Isn't there a famous guy in St. Paul? At, uh, Willie's uh, Cleveland and St. Clair. Yeah, Willie's guitar. Willie's guitar. Yeah, yeah, they they sell guitars and they. Uh, I've never had any work done there. I'm yeah. assuming they have cream of the crop. There's some big fellas. top, some big yeah. time uh, uh, musicians go there. Willie's is uh, world renowned actually mm-hmm. as a guitar uh, shop. Okay, so, and you've yeah. never been there, Johnny? Yeah, I've been to. I don't. Oh, oh, I haven't seen... had any work. Done. I got you. I, I, got I haven't you. done. Taking a guitar there. Here's John so. Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 45 degrees. Vikings jumped out to a big lead, held on to defeat the Redskins 38-30. They're now 7-2 on the season. They'll play the Rams at U.S. Bank Stadium this Sunday. Rams are 7-2 also. They have scored the most points in the NFL at 296. This will be a clash of titans. Yes, and it will have a uh, a big dealing with the playoff implications because yeah, mm-hmm. both teams are leading their divisions. Uh, if you missed it over the weekend, big get-together. You guys mentioned it for the 10,000 volunteers for the upcoming Super Bowl. They got together yesterday at the Excel Energy Center. Civic dignitaries, including the governor, spoke to the volunteers. In the next two months, the volunteers will get training for their specific assignments. The 10,000 were picked from among 30,000 who submitted applications <laughs> and 14,000 who showed up for interviews. Bah. <laughs> Timberwolves in action. Some of those ex-security uh, guys from U.S. Bank Probably. Stadium that already know the layout. Did you see any of the film or pictures from mm-hmm. the get-together yesterday? Mm-hmm. It, it oh, looked like God. they were at a game. Yep, exactly. Timberwolves you, in action. You idiots that are... <laughs> the Timber- NFL is makes so much money, <laughs> they could pay each one of these people 20 bucks an hour to work. But they won't because it's the NFL. Timberwolves in action tonight. They're on the road to play Utah. I'm going to go stand out in the cold so I can get a free jacket. I, I've, I've been wrestling with this. Uh, you know, the temptation is to say, what a nerd thing to do. But on the other hand, you know. If your life is so pathetic, no, and you don't have no, anything better to do. No, no, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I, I think it's just, uh, it's just a way to meet people and 
hang out. And, yeah, like the zombie deal. The and then might be fun. Who's in there? I very thought, charitable. I thought Joe was on today. Very charitable of you, Joe. You got a park over there? Get you a park over there, huh? You can't tell me that you know, all 10,000 people are off their rocker. I mean, they it's fun. They, they're they're going to feel part of the action. If you're a retiree, mm-hmm. okay. That might be something to do. Yeah. And you get a nice jacket. You know. <laughs> <laughs> News notes. Here, from- I'm going to go. I'm going to sign you up right yeah. now. No, I'm, I'm not doing it. S-C-H. Uh, news notes from today. All three suspects have now been arrested in what Anoka County authorities said was an intentional fatal hit and run on Friday night. Authorities have said the crash left a teen dead was likely not an accident. They're now investigating the incident as a murder. On Sunday, the Anoka County Sheriff's Office said the driver of a vehicle who hit and killed 17-year-old Tristan Jean Robinson of now then on Friday night in Andover intended to rob him and allegedly willfully intentionally hit him with the car. Authorities say three individuals conspired to rob and run down Robinson to St. Uh, Francis Juveniles taken into custody. Sheriff's Office at the time said 19-year-old Lord James Gaffner of St. Francis was uh, arrested this morning in Isanti County. The suspect vehicle was also located today. State troopers saw a male matching Gaffner's description walking on 305th Lane Northeast. When the trooper approached to make eye contact, the male ran into the woods. State Patrol and Isanti County Sheriff's Department set up a perimeter. Gaffner was located this morning. The release said he allegedly had sought refuge at a residence in Isanti County, but when the homeowner realized he was a wanted fugitive, they contacted law enforcement and Gaffner fled the home. Sheriff's Office said Gaffner was likely the driver of the vehicle that hit and killed Robinson. That vehicle, a 2005 Mercury Montego, gray in color, with a front end damage. A 17-year-old male from St. Francis alleged to have been in the vehicle at the time, took part in the conspiracy, according to the Sheriff's Office. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said today that Roy Moore should step aside from the Alabama special election in light of those allegations of sexual contact with young women. Washington Post last week quoting four women by name, including one who alleged sexual contact at 14, also had two other uh, two dozen other sources with the story. McConnell speaking to reporters this morning after visiting a plant in Kentucky. He said he believed the women who were quoted in the Post story. Previously, McConnell had said Moore should step aside if the allegations were proven true. Uh, Republicans are looking at a write-in option in Alabama, he said this morning. A sixth woman now has stepped forward with accusations of assault carried out by former President Bush, according to a new report by Time magazine. Time writes that Rosalind Corrigan was 16 years old when she met with the former president at a November 2003 event with the office of the CIA in Texas, where Corrigan's father had worked. Corrigan says Bush, then 79 years old, had groped her buttocks while the two posed for a photo with Corrigan's mother. She told Time, my initial reaction was absolute horror. I was really confused. First thing I did was look at mom while he was standing there. I didn't say anything. What does a teenager say to the ex-president of the U.S.? Like, hey, dude, you shouldn't have touched me like that. Several other women have made similar claims against Bush in recent weeks. A spokesman for Bush has said it might be because of his being confined to a wheelchair that he has uh, grabbed buttocks. Time, however, noted he was standing upright in 2003 when he met Corrigan. Hmm. Some conservatives are destroying their Keurig, uh, Keurig coffee machines. Protests the company pulling ads from Sean Hannity's show. They're pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah. yeah I they wouldn't re- we got one. I'm not wrecking it. No. I like it. The convenience of it is fantastic. I don't use it. Other people in the house use it. I use it every day. Yeah, me too. Uh, they're pulling uh, the uh, in protest of the company pulling ads from Sean Hannity's show over his coverage of the sexual misconduct allegations levied at Roy Moore. 
Keurig, Realtor.com, 23andMe, Eloquai, and Nature's Bounty all pulled ads from the television show. Why? Uh, what did Hannity do? Uh, he, uh, Is he defending Roy Moore? Uh, yeah, he urged uh, viewers not to rush to judgment oh. on Moore. Uh, he also interviewed him, and they, I thought it was a pretty good interview. I actually tried to... Uh, Tried to get some answers from him. Mm-hmm. So. I think I could do one hell of an ad for that Keurig machine if they pulled from Hannity. Let's. Uh, we got what else we got? Bounty paper. We towels. got uh, Realtor.com. Sure, Rooks, your yeah. guy. Yep, I got it. Now give me a call, there, guys. Call now. Tell Rook them the Rooks. Yeah, I'm by. ready. All um, right, uh, Dave Dahl coming up. Uh, he sure is. The home of sports talk. We are. 1500 ESPN. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at a mild 45 degrees. It's actually above average for the first time here. I think we're going to be above average when you average all the temps in. Uh, 17 days in a row, we were below average, and today is going to be the end of that streak. Cloudy skies, areas of fog and drizzle developing later on this afternoon through tonight. 38 for the mild overnight low. South winds around 5 to 10. Tomorrow, cloudy and mild, some fog and drizzle. 50 for the high. And then clouds, fog, and drizzle tomorrow night starts to cool off, though a front comes through, and that'll drop our low down to 35, still pretty mild. Sunshine, colder, though, on Wednesday and 38. Then 40 on Thursday, 43 on Friday. Some rain, snow develops late Thursday night into Friday. Doesn't look like it's going to stick around very long. But flurries and much colder on Saturday. For the weekend, it's going to be a chilly shock back to reality here. 30 for the high on Saturday and 30 as well on Sunday. Uh, flurries and windy on Saturday starts to settle down a little bit on on uh, Sunday, but then Monday we're back up to 38, partly cloudy skies. Then today, Joe going for a high of about 47. Right now we're at 45. Thank you, uh, Stacy. The GL geologist has weighed in. We uh, saw her on Friday. We saw her Friday at O'Gara's. She's, uh, I think she's now in California. She wants to go look at the San Andreas Fault. I mean, mm. literally stand at the fault right there. Uh, mother was really rumbling yesterday. A 7.2 on the Iran-Iraq border region. 5.8 off the east coast of Honshu, Japan, and 6.5-er in Costa Rica. Ooh, oh, yesterday. boy. Okay. A powerful 7.3 magnitude earthquake that struck the Iran-Iraq border killed over 330 people in both countries, sent people fleeing their homes into the night, and was felt as far west as the Mediterranean coast, it's being reported today. Why can't we have one of the, a little small earthquake right where Kim Jong Un is? Iran's western Kermanshah province bore the brunt of the earthquake, with Iran's state-run news agency reporting the quake killed 328 people in the country. State television said almost 4,000 were injured. The area is a rural, mountainous region where residents rely mainly on farming to make a living. In Iraq, the earthquake killed at least seven people and injured 535, all in the country's northern semi-autonomous Kurdish region, according to Iraq's interior ministry. The magnitude 7.3 was centered 19 miles outside the eastern Iraqi city of Halabja, according to the most recent measurements from the U.S. Geological Survey. It struck at a depth of 14 miles, a shallow depth that can have broader damage. Magnitude 7 earthquakes on their own are capable of widespread heavy damage. Hmm. Iranian social media and news agencies showed images and videos of people fleeing their homes. More than 100 aftershocks followed. The quake's worst damage appeared to be in the town of Sarpol-e-Zahab in the Kerman Shah province, which sits in the Zagros Mountains that divide Iran and Iraq. <clears throat> well, when you look at the pictures, 
you you tend to have some uh, gratitude for our building codes. I'll say uh, the mud huts aren't going to make nope. it a seven point two. No, Just nature not, wins. Nature. Even with our codes, nature yeah. still wins sometimes. Right, and. Uh, <clears throat> In Iraq, Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi issued a directive for the country's civil defense teams and related institutions to respond. Uh, the quake could be felt across Iraq, shaking buildings and homes from Erbil to Baghdad, where people fled into the streets of the capital. The Iraqi city of Halabja, closest to the epi- epicenter, is notorious for the 1988 chemical attack in which Saddam Hussein's regime killed 5,000 people with mustard gas, the deadliest chemical weapons attack ever against civilians. Wow. Iraqi seismologist Abdul Karim Abdullah Taki, who runs the earthquake monitoring group at this. Do you realize I have no earthly clue if I'm pronouncing these names correctly? Well, I think you're giving a good effort, though. I'm you're an you're effort. not just going, yeah. you know, Jim Smith. Right. Uh, who runs the earthquake monitoring group at the state-run meteorological department, said the main reason for the lower casualty figure in Iraq was the angle and the direction of the fault line in this particular quake, as well as the nature of the Iraqi geological formations that could better absorb the shocks. Uh, Turkey has had to pitch in with uh, medical help. A Turkish military cargo plane arrived in Iraq as the official Andalou News Agency reported multiple dispatches by Turkey's disaster agency. Relations between Iraq's semi-autonomous Kurdish region and Turkey were strained following the Iraqi Kurds' controversial September independence referendum. Pakistan is extending condolences for the loss of life and injuries suffered by our Iranian and Iraqi brethren. Iran sits on many major fault lines and is prone to near-daily quakes. I would not be able to handle that. In 2003, a magnitude 6.6 earthquake flattened the historic city of Bam. B-A-M. How do you spell that? B-A-M. You knew how to pronounce Bam. that. That killed 26,000 people. Oh. The last major casualty earthquake in Iran struck in East Azerbaijan province in August of 2012, killing over 300 people. But again, when you look at the dwellings that the people are fleeing, right. you, you certainly understand why they're fleeing. They're not going to hold up. Yeah, they want to get outside and see what happens, and hopefully the ground doesn't split in two. It really doesn't happen, though, does it? The earth doesn't really open up like a, like and it the, does in the movies. And the earth was uneven. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that's one of the funniest. It's not even that funny. It's the way... Uh, the delivery. Uh, who is it again? Norm MacDonald. It's the way Norm MacDonald tells it that, mm-hmm. that makes it so... It's kind of like a dirty Ernie joke. Yeah, it it is. I mean, I think he calls it something else, but it's Flip Wilson, see a Tuesday stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, just when we think that uh, those about whom we must be sensitive, the the list keeps growing. Uh, There's gender identity issues and and racial uh, sensitivities that we obviously we need to be aware of. But the the list keeps growing. Uh, I, I came across a piece... I'm not going to have time to get into it now, but we have to talk about this. Uh, Do you remember this Rachel Dolezal, the white lady who insisted that she was black? Oh, the uh, the NAACP lady. Yeah, yeah, the uh, national. She said, "I'm black." Yeah. Well, no, you're not. You you're white. You were born white. Well, that that movement apparently is growing. It's called transracial. 
Oh, I can declare my uh, a different ethnicity. Yeah, and I found a guy in Tampa. Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save it, huh? Yeah, he... he uh, what his story is, is going to surprise you. Yeah, he, he was he's a white guy. Okay. He was born Adam, uh, but his name now is uh, Jadu. Ah, Jadu. Uh-huh. You're very good pronunciation on the name. Well, it's J-A and then D-U, two words, Jadu. Jadu. I don't think I'm following that one up. Hmm. So and he's... he drives a purple uh, vehicle uh, that's called a tuk-tuk. Ah. Uh is that a name or is that is that with the, the brand? That's what it's called in Asia. Oh, tuk tuk. Uh, he thinks he's a Filipino. He yeah. He's a Filipino, and they drive tuk tuks. They look like Cushmans. Uh, oh okay. Yeah, oh yeah, those are really cool. It's purple, and he drives around Tampa, and his name is Jadu. And uh, hey Jadu, nice tuk tuk. He's uh, he's he's Filipino. All right. So get that. That'll work. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. My life is the next hour. Yes. At some point, I'll give you a full uh, rundown of uh, my uh, plumbing problems. Are they solved? Well, you'll find out next hour. Mm-hmm. We, took take, a, we should, took a big step anyway. Should we take bets? Yeah, I wish you'd take bets. I want to find out who has faith in me and who does not. You know what? I predict well, it's you know, fixed. Ha, well, who hey, has faith in mm-hmm. you? What? It took you a month. Well, that's okay. Then maybe no, there's not that kind of faith. Because I know your wife, and there's not a chance that you wouldn't have taken the day off today if that wasn't fixed. Well, the way it went down might surprise you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can check it out. A little teaser on Facebook, Garage Logic Facebook page. You can get a little preview, okay? There's a reason I want to talk to you about Jadu. Jadu. Who thinks he's a Filipino. Oh, that's right. That's next hour yeah. as well. 1500 we got a lot of stuff to ESPN do. is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 4-